0: You're listening to the Together in Literacy podcast, a podcast for educators, families, and advocates that connects the research of reading,
1: dyslexia awareness, and the whole child. We're your hosts, Casey Harrison and Emily Gibbons. As two literacy dyslexia specialists, we've come together to talk about literacy, dyslexia, and the connection to the social-emotional impact that it has on our students, their families, and the educators who serve them. We welcome you to join us on this exciting and educational journey into dyslexia as we come together in literacy. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.togetherinliteracy.com. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Together in Literacy podcast. This is our inaugural episode and Emily and I are so excited to be here with you today. Today's episode is designed for you to get to know us a little bit better and to understand why we wanted to build this community.
0: Yes, and Casey, I am so excited to begin this podcasting journey with you. It's been a long time coming. So we hope you enjoy us sharing our stories with you today and talking a little bit about our mission and sort of think back why I decided to do this podcast. I knew, well, Casey's just so wonderful in our Orton-Gillingham and dyslexia community. And I knew I didn't want to go on this journey alone, right? Right. There is strength in numbers, so I decided to reach out to her and said, "Hey, and oh gosh, does Casey? What was this like? I think this was about two years ago. This was definitely pre-COVID when I asked you, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah, it was two years ago.
0: Yeah, and so
1: I, we put it on
0: hold for a little while, right? We had a pandemic, <laughs> and then yeah. said, you, We're sort of at this point, Casey and I, where it's unique because all our children are in school full time. Yahoo. And so we thought, why not, why don't we just give it a go? And, you know, I was a little nervous about it. I was talking to my mom and she said, when have you not been up for a challenge? And I said, you know what, you're right. So that was, that was my nice little kick in the pants from her. But Casey and I just, really have so much in common. And I knew that this was just going to be such a wonderful opportunity for her to share her knowledge with all of you and for us to work together and collaborate on this podcast. So I'm just thrilled that she agreed. Casey and I have known each other. Gosh, I, we go way back in the Orton Gillingham instructors group, right? Casey.
1: Yeah. I I think it started
0: around 2000. I think that group opened up around 2014. And, you know, Online <laughs> trying to think, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I hadn't even had my fourth kid yet at that time. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so many things, you know, when Casey and I've just chatted over the years, you know, what do we have in common? And this is so funny because we were just chatting the other day about it. Like, what do we have in common? Well, first of all, we are both into the OG Business, as you know, Orton Gillingham, trained and certified. And and so that is our one of our big passions, but we also love. Uh, talking about dyslexia advocacy, dyslexia awareness. Um, We both have our online businesses, but we also have our tutoring practices. We used to be in the classroom, but now we are uh, in private intervention. Some of the funny things about us, we're both twin moms. Yay, Wonder Twin Power, activate, right? (laughs) And we both started with twins and decided to have And we decided to have a few more kids after that. (laughs) Some people think that's a little crazy, but (laughs) we didn't. So that's why I like her. And then um, one other thing, we both love the ocean, right, Casey? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is my happy place. Yes, Mm -hmm. if I could be there every day, that would, it's certainly my happy place too. We also have a love of notebooks. We Mm -hmm. have... A collection of notebooks because for me personally, my thought process is pen to paper. I need to write as I think. Right. So yeah. I just love notebooks. And Casey says, Well, I love notebooks
1: too. You seem to have, you are a big thinker and you have so many ideas. And I think that that's why I know for me, that's why I like to have my notebooks. I can just dump everything out in my brain. And if I don't write it down,
0: it's it's not happening. <laughs> it's another problem. So and it, it's funny in these online communities that you work with different educators and you meet them. And Casey and I have never met in person, and we still can find a way. I think to share and grow communities in a in a professional and beautiful way. That it's kind of funny just the way things work in 2000. 21, but yes, she is in Texas and I am in Massachusetts and someday, yes, we will meet in person. Right, Casey? That's right. right.
1: I hope so. Yeah. And I love that because even though we're far apart, right, we're able to come together in literacy and that is why we're here today. And we love that name because together in literacy to us
0: is, I think, just so meaningful because we both have hearts to help others and to serve Mm -hmm. and not just other educators, but children, because that's at the heart of everything, what we do. So we are going to, uh, segue a little bit into our stories now. And so I'm going to share a little bit about me, my background and, share a little bit bit about Casey. And I think what you'll notice as we both share our stories is that there are common threads weaving through. And as she, as she and I were talking about this the other day, we really could see even more commonality. And you might say, huh, I can connect with that story after you hear either my story or Casey's. So we'd love to here if you definitely had a connection to that. So uh, as you may or may not know, and some of this you may have heard from me before, if you've heard me on another podcast or just through my own um, work. So as you know, I uh, have, I am the literacy nest, but I've collaborated with Casey, Um, she is from the Dyslexia Classroom, and so this is a collaborative effort for Together in Literacy. But a little background about me, I've been in education for over 20 years now, it's amazing to say that, started off as a classroom teacher, and I say a very, very impactful year for me was 2003, I had finished my master's degree in education in curriculum instruction and a specialization in literacy. And there was never any discussion of uh, dyslexia when I got my master's degree or my undergrad, no discussion at all. We knew nothing about that, but I had my master's degree and I was third year teacher. And then I joined, and then I was hired to a brand new district and they were wonderful because they put me into Project Read training. And that was my, what got my feet wet in multi-century te- teaching and structured literacy. And I have a real love for Project Read. I still use a great deal of what I learned, even from all those years ago. Loved it. Then we got into a book group with the other teachers in my new school. And we were reading a fabulous new book by Dr. Sally Shaywitz called Overcoming Dyslexia. And I tell everybody this story because that is the book that lit the flame. And I always go back to this analogy by Peter Reynolds. He wrote The Dot and uh, The North Star, lots of other books. He's an illustrator too. And he talks about how educators are the keepers of the flame, And I think that is really a beautiful analogy for me because as educators, yes, we are keepers of the flame. We not only have to use the flame to light other flames, right? But we have this knowledge and with it comes responsibility to keep our flames lit. And I just love that. And so what I got into overcoming dyslexia, that flame was lit. And at that point, I knew I had a responsibility to myself and others to spread knowledge, light other flames, but never to let it extinguish. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, it didn't, that flame was just like a tiny little spark at first, because All this knowledge was coming. Oh my gosh. MRIs of this dyslexic brain. Like, what is this? This is groundbreaking. This is like, what do I do with all this knowledge? I had gone to project Read training, but I knew I wanted to get into Orton Gillingham training as well. And I knew as it, I was an inclusion teacher in third grade. I had plenty of dyslexic students every single year, but really needed a lot more help with knowing how to help them. I did not have the training or what did not feel equipped. So I had gotten into OG training and it was one of these times where you felt like for the first time you knew how to teach children how to read. <laughs> and I had been teaching for a long time. And I said, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Paid my way through OG training, my first one through Um, trainers through Mass General Hospital, and they were just wonderful people. It was tough. It was rigorous. It was incredible though. And I went back after and felt very isolated because people didn't really know what the heck I was talking about. One of my Mm. fellow classroom teachers in my grade level said, why don't we even need to teach syllables? I don't read like that. I don't look at syllables. I don't need to teach my kids that. And it was things like that that really stuck in me, that there was just so much misinformation out there (laughs) about teaching reading, but so much knowledge to spread. And as the keeper of the flame, I wanted to, okay, how can I continue this mission? Well, then I became a mom of twins. <laughs> so, that started a new chapter and you know, I it became a very, very busy time for me and I had gone into private practice. I had left the classroom and and so I had I had a little private practice while I was a classroom teacher in addition after school for Orton-Gillingham, but this was just me and my students. I was no longer in the classroom. But I just knew I needed to find my people. I needed to find a community and it would have to be online. But I also knew there was a big lack of resources out there and a lot of misinformation about dyslexia. So mm. I had decided to begin my online community and over the years just kept growing that and then um, met Casey. And we have been so fortunate because not only have we continued our Orton Gillingham training. But we've also recently been letters trained. And that has been an incredible training for us as well. And just to have one more piece in our tool belts. And I just love that. Um, and I had done a few other trainings. I had gone through Ravo, which was incredible at Tufts University. And, but through that online community, I really have just learned to grow and appreciate so many like-minded educators who are just passionate about helping kids and wanting to spread dyslexia awareness. And I just am so excited to be able to take this opportunity to continue sharing our stories with you. And we just want to keep making a long lasting difference in the lives of children and families and other
1: educators. That's my story. (laughs) I, I love that Emily, you know, and I love that idea of being the keeper of the flame because I think, you know, our stories run fairly parallel, but I think that we're not alone in that, in realizing that we didn't have the knowledge provided to us to serve all of our students well. And I think that that's what has caused people to seek out this information on their own, whether they're classroom teachers or tutors or parents. You know, we're we're having this realization that we were not taught how to best help students learn. Exactly. Um,
0: and there's a little bit of me that feels cheated in that way. I guess I'm looking back at my education that I paid for. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I put that feeling aside that's and just realizes how much we still have so much to learn and how dynamic learning yeah. about reading and dyslexia is is. Um, so it's exciting at the same time. It is
1: it, And I think you know when we think about our experiences that we're bringing to the table and when we ask why weren't we taught this well a lot of times um, you know you can go back to Applegate's research on you don't know and I think that a lot of our universities perhaps didn't have and don't have the knowledge of the research on the science and how to best serve students So then in turn they're not necessarily teaching future educators how to do that as well and so my journey um, is a little bit similar to Emily's I, I too have been in education I'm going on my 25th year now when I was little I used to play school that was that's what I like to do. So really education (laughs) has been my path for a very long time. I've been very fortunate to have taught across the country. I've taught in several different states from the West, mainly on the West Coast, but all the way over to Ohio and then down here in Texas now. And I've always taught in primarily in Title I schools um, or high need areas. And that's really where My heart is, I I just feel like we really need to serve all of our students. And that literacy really is that equity piece that we need to have Mm -hmm. available to everyone. And so, you know, my journey has led me from being a classroom teacher to being a literacy specialist, both within my campus, but then also at the district level where I was in charge of other campuses. And even with all of that experience, I hadn't heard of dyslexia. And it wasn't something that had been covered in my coursework, nor at, at those higher levels of, you know, where I was actually training other teachers. Dyslexia was not on my radar. And I believe in being a flamekeeper keeper in terms of, of myself as well, and always seeking new knowledge and trying to hone my craft of teaching. Um, and I knew that there was this group of students that every year was just falling through the cracks and. No matter what I did, pulling from my background, you know, and I had been trained in Open cord and Spalding and, and, and Project Read, a lot of these, these programs that were designed to help struggling students, but even all of my students and, and that bothered me. And so I sought out, much like you did, I sought out my own training. And so I went through the Scottish Rite Hospital program here in Austin, Texas, and it was life-changing because while it reinforced some of the knowledge that I did have, it opened up my eyes to dyslexia. And I'm much like you in the overcoming dyslexia. um, That one shook my world. Like when I started to see those those FMRIs and how the brain changes with instruction, I mean, I get tingles every time. And I, I love that now I have a deep enough knowledge to be able to see that Transformation in my students, and it's just a beautiful thing. And and so, I think for me, I'm just really excited to be able to share information and to collaborate with people in this larger setting of an online community and, and on podcasts so that we can continue to bring that knowledge and to, to be that knowledge on to, to others. I think that's really important.
0: Yes, you know, oh, so much in common, and I could really. I could, those feelings you had when you had that small group of students every year in your class, mm-hmm. just didn't know, quite know how to reach them. I said, yes, it took me right back. Yeah. And I know we have so many educators listening out there today who have those children in their classrooms yeah, and are wondering, how do I reach them? Exactly. And we want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. to provide you with some knowledge, some support mixed in with some compassion because we feel we, we get it. We've been there. <laughs> so, um, and hopefully a little bit of humor on the side. I don't know, but we do have some goals here and let us share. We have a little bit of a mission that we are on here and it's a big one. We are definitely going to keep sharing our experiences with you about, structured literacy, the science of reading. We know um, that is a big, big topic of discussion out there right now in the educational world. And so we will be diving into topics related to that. Um, Also coming at it from our background with Orton Gillingham and our other trainings in letters and and our own research. We really are looking to help you connect the research and the instruction, Mm -hmm. but Also, we have sort of a twist to this. We want to also bring in discussion about the social emotional needs of your students with dyslexia, because we believe that if we are addressing the social emotional needs in tandem with our intervention, we are maximizing their potential. And we are so, so passionate about discussing the social emotional side and have a lot to talk about that (laughs) we're going to find ways to address helping not only educators, but families and students. We want to help you understand dyslexia, but also see the connections to uh, self-esteem and growth mindset, all that is encompassed in social emotional learning. And we know that there are many choices for you out there when it comes to learning and listening to podcasts about the science of reading, but we hope that this one uh, comes at it from a unique perspective,
1: right? Right. Yeah. We are very passionate about helping educators, families, and students understand dyslexia, and then the connection to that self-esteem and social-emotional piece. Um, I think Emily and I can both speak to the fact that when we only address one, we're not meeting the needs of our students as best we can. So we really want to have this be where we're bringing together the research behind the reading part, but also the importance of bringing that social-emotional growth so that our students, can really grow and meet the needs as a whole child instead and not just necessarily, you know, addressing areas of need or areas of growth, but really looking at the whole child together.
0: Absolutely. And we promise you that when we are looking at it through the lens of not only intervention, you know, and support and reading, but also the social emotional piece Mm -hmm. and meshing those together, you are going to be even more impactful and, how wonderful a feeling that is, how gratifying knowing that we're making an even bigger difference in the lives of these children with dyslexia.
1: Absolutely. All right. And so just to kind of close up, we are so excited for you spending some time with us on the podcast. And so we really want to Honor um, questions that you have, so please feel free to ask Emily and I questions, and we will address them either on the show or um, in some manner. But yeah, this is definitely a community, and we're really excited to have you here with us today. Absolutely. Do we want to give a little info about the next episode? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we have some upcoming episodes. We are moving into October with for Dyslexia Awareness, and so we're really going to. Diving into that. Yes. And honoring dyslexia, both the strengths that come along with it and the areas for us to work on and and that connection to the social emotional piece. So stay tuned to some upcoming. Yes, we can, we are just overjoyed to have you as a part of this community
0: and we cannot wait to keep on bringing you these podcast episodes. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. All right, Casey, we'll see you soon.
1: All right. Thanks, everybody.
0: Bye. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Together in Literacy podcast today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a positive review and subscribe to the podcast. Each comment means a great deal to us. And if you have
0: any questions for us that you would like answered on the Together in Literacy podcast, please contact us at support at
1: togetherinliteracy.com. Be sure to visit the website, www.togetherinliteracy.com for show notes, downloads, and goodies. Thank you for helping us spread the word
0: about the Together in Literacy podcast.